Welcome back to the Fantasy Fam Podcast. We have a very exciting episode with our newly uh, new, new friends from overseas, uh, Murph and Chris from the Five Yard Rush Podcast. How, how's it going, guys? Yeah, good. I'd consider you guys old friends, but oh, hey, right. you know. <laughs> That's, yeah, what, Maybe what it's because I don't have any other friends. All right, we're new what friends. a rude way to start this. Jeez. Cheers, man. Cheers, man. Oh, yeah. We'll take it. Yeah, here's some guys that we just spoke to from England that we've just heard of. <laughs> That's it. You know, we just, yeah, we just met him like two hours ago. I feel like I've known you my whole life. <laughs> the feeling's not mutual, clearly. We, need to that out. we did We did hit it off, you know. <laughs> we sure did. You know, just tell everybody like what your podcast is really quick. Just give a little rundown um, where they can find you. So, yeah, we're Five Yard Rush. And we're available absolutely everywhere, I think. I don't know if there's anywhere we're not available. And then SoundCloud. We're we're oh, okay, we're not on SoundCloud, but is anyone really? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I'm and sure then we're, we're on sure Twitter. We're on you you got to pay for it. I think you got to pay for SoundCloud. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's like by the minute or something like that. Yeah, that's why we're not on SoundCloud. Oh well, we'd be poor after our Christmas Day special because <laughs> it was nearly two hours long. <laughs> that was a long episode. That was a great episode, by the way. We were uh, we were guests on their uh, Christmas Day um, episode. It was me and Kyle, and that was absolutely incredible to to record with you guys for that yeah what? that's when we were new friends right yes that's, that's <laughs> oh there before. you go sorry sorry <laughs> uh, well i don't know I, I kind of feel like i've known you longer than me friends <laughs> maybe it's just because i've got no friends maybe this is why i do this Who knows? so it's it's pretty uh, it's not it's not it's getting more common now overseas that everybody's loving the nfl now we're bringing games over there to wembley stadium and whatnot so do, do you guys love the NFL more than, let's say, like the English Premier League? Or is that, is that, is that like blasphemy to say that? <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to lead. Uh, um, yeah, I love it more than the English Premier League. And that's because they're overpaid sissies who play a game that is, when it's supposed to be a contact game, you literally get pushed, fall over and roll around like you've been shot. And... If it was like it was back in the 70s and 80s where it was more hardcore and tackles actually meant something, then, yeah, probably I'd like it. But for me, the NFL was a much better game. And the logic and tactics behind the NFL was much more than the Premier League. So I'm definitely a, a pigskin fan as opposed to the round one. I, uh, I, I love them both equally. Um, so I was saying... I was saying before we we started recording this that this is the best Saturday of the year and it's because for me probably the only Saturday that has both NFL and football but more importantly it's the FA Cup third round so this is where all the big teams come into the competition it's the world's oldest club competition and the FA Cup is it's not like the Super Bowl. We can't say it's on that sort of level. It's, um, it's a domestic cup competition, but the Premier League, the Champions League, they are more and more important. But there's a very old tradition, and this is the, the weekend of the year where you get scaffolders, bricklayers, uh, postmen playing against people like Paul Pogba and Alexis Sanchez and uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, the big, big players in the world, and they're going to be playing people like postmen or just even like semi-professionals or even just fully professionals, but there's a huge golf. So like Arsenal, who are my team this afternoon, are going to be playing on television 
Blackpool, who are 50 places below them in the rungs. So it's kind of like, to put this into, I can't even do it on an NFL perspective because it's not fair. But from, <laughs> if, if you look at a college perspective, this is like Alabama, uh, Georgia sort of team playing. Playing your college, brother. Yeah, like USF or, <laughs> or someone in, or someone in D three or D two. My brother played at a D three college. Yeah. Oh, nice. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, but but then this would be for you. This is like your highlight of the entire year, or it could be even multiple years because you're going to get to go and play against the guys who are going to go on to be big stars and earning a lot more money. And it's like this is for you, like the best day of your career, regardless of the score. It's like May. It's like Mayweather fighting that. Fighting that dude in Japan that he just made $9 million. I don't know if you guys saw that fight. No, I did. It was terrible. That's not a fight. Here's a paycheck. Here's a <laughs> it, it's basically like when high school bullies sort of just take control and the other person just cowers in the corner. That's what that was. But the, this is such a great weekend because you've got that going on. Uh, it's four days of uh, football, round ball, which I know Chris isn't a big fan. I'm going to take him to an Arsenal game next year regardless. And I'm a season ticket holder. I go quite a lot, but you, I then get the NFL in the evening and, and tomorrow as well. So um, for me, it's such a great weekend. It's my favorite weekend of the year, I think. So So do you stay up? So like for the Cowboys Seahawks tonight, tonight for us, I guess, middle of the night for you guys, do you, do you stay up in the middle of the night? I'll be up tonight for that, for sure. Now, no. There's some games like, uh, i give you an example, the last Monday night football of the year, which was, Denver, Oakland, you couldn't have paid me any money in the world to stay up <laughs> and watch that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Even if it's even if you can watch it live, I still like if I can watch it nine o'clock at night, I'm still not gonna watch it. Or eight yeah. o'clock at night. So one one twenty five in the morning that kicked off here and it goes on to about four. Oh I'm sure your cohort over there watched it, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Being a Broncos fan. <laughs> So let's uh, let's jump right into the 2018 uh, recap of the 2018 season. So what were your what were your takeaways from this past season? What did you guys learn? Enough. Um, I learned a lot actually. I think um, what was really interesting with this year is they they always say that you can't win your league at the draft, and that really held true this year. If you find that the people that won in the leagues that you played in they were arguably the most active of the waiver wire players. And I think people over previous years have kind of diminished the value of the waiver wire. I think they've seen that, okay, I picked Gurley and Kamara and, you know, Thomas and I've got this team. So why would I need to pick up, um, you know, handcuffs or might be involved. And, you know, it, I think this year, the people that won the leagues, the waiver wires were instrumental in that. So I think I always knew that the waiver wire was important. That's why I've always paid attention. That's why I do a fantasy football podcast. But it was, it was great to have that sort of validation of it. So in the sense of seeing that waiver wire come through and the most active players were the ones that were rewarded. And as a fantasy football enthusiast, that's what I, I really loved. Um, and I guess the only other things I, I really took away were 
that you need to find players that are kind of outliers in their position to gain advantage. So you're looking at people like Lamar Jackson and um, Josh Allen at quarterback. They proved invaluable down the stretch because they run the ball and therefore have a very consistent floor, which is kind of what you needed to get through last week of the regular season, first round of the playoffs. And taking those players off the board and having them were really important. And you found the same with Christian McCaffrey and at running back and how much he receives the ball. I mean, no one kind of expected the, the workload that he got and we might not see that again. But finding those players that are just so useful that their floor is so, so safe is just such a key part. And I think too many years have gone by, people have relied on the big names and not thought about those players that maybe aren't the most talented, but offer so much fantasy football-wise. I think that, for me, were my keys. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. no, I completely agree. As some, we, always, we always say those similar things about the waiver wire. Uh, if you actually follow through with it and believe your own words, then that's a different story. But um, it's, it's hard to look at a lineup of stars and, you know, want to drop one of them potentially if they're not performing well for a guy who could have an impact in week 15. But if that guy in week 15 could also help you win your league. So it's that's a the waiver wire one is one of the biggest ones that you don't win at the draft. Waiver wire is super important throughout the entire season. So that's always a big one of ours as well. Josh Allen, I can't believe how well he did. <laughs> he got us 45 points in week 17. We're in a points league that lasted all the way till the end of me and my brother. 45 freaking points he got us. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, don't, I don't even like him as a quarterback, but you got to respect what he does at a fantasy level. Whew. Both both his two best games were against the Dolphins this year. He absolutely torched but both times. Absolutely destroyed him. Uh, love it. Uh, moving on. So the biggest uh, biggest surprise player or trend that you guys noticed this year? Hmm. Uh, I'll take this one, Murph, or, or you can jump in after. I mean, for me, surprise player has got to be CMC and just what he did when given the amount of ball he got. And they said at the beginning of the season he was going to get loads of touches and would be a three down back. And then you looked at him coming out of college and people said he'd get run over and would get stopped at the line. And all of a sudden he, he literally can do everything. And the amount of reception he's getting is it's, it's ridiculous. He's, he's literally on par with, you know, a wide receiver reception count. And then he's also getting the rushes. And I don't see there'll be people who would take him number one overall next year, especially in PPR leagues. So I think for me, that's one of the biggest surprises. And then trends, I think I think you need to have a stud tight end. I mean, we talked about this on our show this week. But for me, I think the trend of having a good tight end is important. Murph will tell you otherwise at the moment. But for me, that the trend, yeah, that and, and getting a kicker who scores a lot of extra points and field goals rather than a kicker on a good team. Because extra points, if you play in a league where they're valued highly, You'd rather get the field goals from an average team that, that can't get into the red zone and stuff like that than a good team that just gets single points for extra points. So for me, it's looking at those two specifically and, and the trend working out who and when to take them in, the, in next year's draft. Yeah, we've had the debate and, and please download and, and listen to our podcast. We put some really interesting stats uh, in there with regards to the tight end debate and I'm I'm still not convinced I'm happy to be really convinced on it but 
I think the floor will will change some elements of that, but I do think the tight end position is is more relevant than it ever has been, and there's going to be more and more stud tight ends coming out of college. Noah Fant this year is going to be incredible, and I think there's going to be. I do, I do. I think he's an absolutely (laughs) superb talent, and I think he's going to go off in the NFL. Plus, we haven't seen the best of David Njoku and and quite a few out, you know, quite a few other players. OJ Howard, if he can play a full season, you got Delaney Walker coming back. you know, you've got so many different players to consider. I don't think the tight end position is as decimated as people make out because of the injuries. And I think that's a key learning to take away. I think for me, the two really interesting things um, in standard scoring or even, you know, point scoring doesn't massively matter unless you've got custom scoring. Um, I think two positions really became uh, superiorly, I'd almost say irrelevant, which I think is a surprise. And one of them is DST. Um, you know, take take the Bears out of the equation. They finished 44 points above any other D. But the rest of the, the defenses in, in fantasy football were, were all quite close together. So the difference between second and 10th was less than two points a game. And I think that's kind of the key that I wouldn't be thinking about taking a, a defensive team now until the last round. I think kickers are far more important than, than DSTs. Um, is I just don't think there is a lot of uh, a lot of difference, and it's so unpredictable year to year that when you're doing your analysis, it's not about who they're playing and therefore the points they give up. I think we've seen with the, the rule changes that any team can score 20 points in this league uh, against anybody as a minimum. So you're looking at actually the SAP levels, the pass protections, interceptions, fumble recoveries. I think the other statistics in the DSTs become far more important. And I would be looking as a commissioner to maybe trying to do something with that position to um, make it more rewarding to teams that make big plays because I think points are becoming more and more irrelevant towards the DST rankings. The other one is quarterbacks. So everybody, you know, talks about the most important position in in the league. Um, If you looked at the top five players off the board last year, they were Rodgers, Brady, Cam, Breeze, um, and, and Wilson. And none of those players were were top six. So Mahomes ran away with it. He was massive. Um, what happens next year now as a year's worth of tape is is an interesting one. But you know, second run, you know, second quarterback on on the board was was Matt Ryan. He you know was second overall. Did many people draft him as a QB one? Don't think so. Nope. Ben Roethlisberger. Did many people draft him as a QB one? No. Andrew Luck maybe, but most people were conservative because of the injury. Deshaun Watson, probably not. Jared Goff, definitely not a QB1 from when drafts happen. So you're now looking at this situation where the top six quarterbacks in fantasy football this year were not really ones drafted to be a QB1. They were a backup that ended up coming good. So is the scoring broken into where the most position, the most important position in football is kind of irrelevant in fantasy football because the gaps aren't humongous except for from Mahomes to everybody else but the rest exactly. of it is, is kind of close and I think that's that's something also to consider is do we need to think about the scoring or do something with that to make that you know make interceptions more costly I don't know but I've, if I'm playing in a standard league then I know that nothing is going to be important come next year when it comes to quarterbacks and I'll be taking one as late as I can Waiting on quarterbacks. I know I, do, I know I definitely do. And I mentioned in the last episode we did, we all did together was I waited on Jared Goff. I got him in the 
second to last round, I believe, in uh, in my league, a 14 team, and then he finished the number seven QB. Naturally, he didn't take me to the championship, but just to show that I guess the that particular strategy that waiting on a quarterback, you know, did. I guess it paid off as far as for a quarterback standpoint, but for every, everything else, it just didn't. It didn't work out for me. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't draft. I didn't draft a quarterback in my dynasty league, um, and then I took Big Ben on free agents afterwards to see to see who I get. I drafted two DSTs, and then no one picked Big Ben up, so I I just picked him up straight away off the free agents. So you can wait to the point of not actually drafting one, and there'll still be someone available. That worked out really well. Yeah, I didn't win the championship, <laughs> but I got close. How but many? That, that, how, how many did that, you win? Sorry. Well, Sorry, Murphy. No, I was just saying, I think that's my point. There is the most important position and the fact that you can go deep in a league without drafting one. That says to me, there's something kind of broken with the way that fantasy football is. Um, that, and I think that's something that if you're a commissioner of a league, then we should you know, look at how we can try and fix that because it'd be good to see the elite quarterbacks get, and you know, we talked to Marcus Grant on this, get more recognition so that there's separation between the elite players because the, the top running backs, it's clear, the top scoring running backs are the top scoring players in the game and very similar with wide receivers. Um, but a quarterback, when you're getting Josh Allen be QB3, QB2, QB5 in a week, it says to me something's a little, um, a little amiss with the scoring. But anyway, that was my point. Yeah. Well said. So we all have our guys that we just don't like. I guess we throw them on our do not draft list. And that happens every single year. Now, uh, just you don't have to go into too much detail. Just throw out a couple names that are guys next season that you are just going to completely not draft at all. Huh. Um, so I, even if Gronk is playing next year, I won't touch him. Um, just because he's let me down too many times now and I don't want him to do it again. Uh, Melvin Gordon's the same. He doesn't play, in, and Leonard Fournette at running back, they both don't play enough games. doesn't matter how good they are. They don't play enough games. And if you get down the stretch and they're not their championship semifinal or final weekend, then you're no good to me. Um, I think it's just, for me, it's looking at injuries and working out who's going to play 16 or even 15, miss maybe one in the middle of the season. But the consistent, consistent, well-scoring players. So I'm just trying to think of someone like Doug Baldwin, or I, I won't touch him because yeah, he does 35-point weeks, but then he might be on your bench four weeks and score eight points in total, which he did to me this year. So I'd rather have consistent players and then shoot for upside in the end of the draft or on waivers than than draft somebody who, like Fournette, could be a truck all year long, but he could he could also be you know like a short bus. Yeah, I think I think players playing players have to play games, and Fournette is the perfect example of someone who just shouldn't be touched with with a barge pole. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong; I don't think anybody is undraftable unless you're no. you're getting all the way down to like Jacquis Rogers and things like that. <laughs> but I'm talking about any player like like Fournette. I would never say I would never draft him because I listen if he's available in the seventh round. I'm taking him. Oh, Why to. not? That's my point. So I think I, I'll never get them because I will never put the same value on these players that 
uh, other teams do. And that's fine by me. But people, I, I add Dalvin Cook to that list. Dalvin Cook is the most you know, disappointing player to have come into the NFL because the fact he's got so much talent and yet he just doesn't, he doesn't play healthy. enough games. Yeah. He can't stay healthy. Um, I think one of the more interesting things, and I've been looking at this over the last few days, is if you look at the top scoring players in fantasy football, they're all players that have been on their rosters for at least a season, with the exception this season of Mahomes and Barkley. So there the two. I mean, I know he was on, but he didn't play last year. So I exclude him. And Barkley was a, a, a talented rookie that came out of the draft. But if you're looking at the top seven to ten players in each um, in each position, then you're looking at players who have been in their system for more than a year and have been playing. And that, I think, is key. So when I'm looking at the free agents that are available and the ones that might move, I, if they're a big player and Fournette considerably, now they've cancelled his guarantees, could be one of these players, I wouldn't be considering him, not just for the injuries, but because he's going into a new, seat, uh, a new system. Lev Bell is, is one I would fit into this category. He might be an elite running back, but is he going to be as high as people are going to value him? I wouldn't because of the fact he's going into a new system. It's an unknown. Uh, we've seen what happened with Golden Tate when he moved midseason. So I think anybody that's in a new system or hasn't been in the system for very long next year are ones I would be devaluing slightly because very rarely does a breakout star occur when they make a move immediately off the bat. Kirk Cousins this year is a player that's um, struggled from a fantasy perspective who perhaps was slightly better than in the past in his numbers. Um, there's so many people that you can look at that, the big free agent moves, how many of them in fantasy football terms made a splash? Not many. Amari Cooper's the only one, I think it comes as an exception from a player that made a move and, and splashed. But they, those type of players are going to be the um, exceptions that prove the rule. It's an interesting point. I like that. Never really, you never really think about something like that. But I, on the Lev Bell, I think Lev Bell is just so talented that he, he will get devalued a little bit, but he, he will be that exception, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think, I think Lev Bell is a very talented running back, but I also think he's a system running back, as we saw with James Conner. Hey, we don't know yet. We'll, we'll James, Conner, James Conner stepped into that role and finished as a top six guy, even missing games. So I, I, just, I, think, it's, I think it's the Pittsburgh system for the running back. We'll see next Lev Bell will get overpaid we'll for it. We will see how how good Lev Bell is next year. All right. I think I think he's a talented player. I do. But yeah. I just think, am I putting him above players that have been in their systems a bit longer? I here's some examples and people that you might fall into that sort of category. If you gave me the choice between Joe Mixon and Lev Bell next year, I'm taking Mixon because he's yeah. been there, he's done it. Even with a new coach, we know he's going to get play time. We know he's the key guy in that offense. Um, those are the sorts of players. And, you know, the other part of this strategy is you look at people that were big movers last year. Jarek McKinnon got very, you know, very high draft position. And, okay, he went down. It was injury. But, you know, as, as you see quickly, you've got Matt Breida there now. That guy might not play because there's no loyalty there. And that's the other risk you have. If a player goes down in their first few games, there's no guarantee they come back. And, uh, you know, they're the things to consider. But we'll see what happens. I think Lev Bell can take a long walk off a short pier, and I'm not drafting him ever again. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Lev. Uh...
You like him, don't you? <laughs> Dude's awful. I've got I've got him and Connor in a dynasty league. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> really? Wow, Chris. Uh, Chris very kindly traded me James Connor uh, for Devontae Parker and a third round pick next year. Not bad. Oh, thanks, Murph. There's yes. no need to. There's, there's no need to be like that, is there? You know, we, I didn't have to. I didn't have to honour that uh, trade. You know, uh, uh, and Lev Bell was coming back at that point. He, I thought we were never we talking can't. about this again. <laughs> You never were. He is. Yeah, yeah, forever. Uh, he won me. He won me the league. So cheers. How many? So how many leagues did you? Uh, I know. Um, I know, Chris. You were in. God, like sixty-five leagues, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, twenty-five. Twenty-five. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just think that's that is a lot. That's ridiculous. It's too many. Let me tell you from experience, it's too many. What about how did you guys end up doing? Did you? Uh, so I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> this this last couple of minutes has not been good for me, if I'm honest. Um, uh, yeah, I, I managed to win one. I, I won one, and the one I won was money league, so it sort of made up for the loss of all the others. Oh my god! Did you win that yeah. bet with your? Was it your brother or brother-in-law? No, no. I didn't because I played him in the semi-final of 13 competitions and he beat me in all of them. <laughs> and then, and, and to make it worse, he then beat me in the final of my dynasty league as well. So I, he, he handsomely spanked me in that one. Oh my God. Now, if you yeah. could see all of our faces right now, we are all in, in complete shock right now. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that. He oh. tried to, he tried to offer his resignation on the, the first pod after the championships and, uh, it was refused because it was just bad luck. And uh, Chris is going to come back and he's going to win double digits next year. Double I'll put that on the line for you. Oh, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to win everything. What's the over-under on your uh, on your wins for next year? Well, I'm going to win. 9.5. <laughs> double digits. Yeah, 9.5. That's the over-under. Yeah. So if I do about 4,500 contests, I should get to 11 wins. <laughs> All right. Start preparing right better. now, I guess. You're, you're going to yeah. do better than that. I had um, a slightly better season. So I drafted in five leagues and then took over a team in a sixth. Um, I made four um, championship games in those. Um, missed the playoffs in one uh, on tiebreakers. And then missed uh, the other one. Uh, I, I drafted really badly. It was our, like our uh, standard scoring league it's how i met christmas through that league so um i i, I avoided the <laughs> i avoided finishing last and put my friend in last place for the second year in a row um but four finals and uh oh, wow. three wins and uh and a second um so yeah won our dynasty league and um our listener league i won that which was which was good because i wasn't the favorite going into that by any stretch my team lost the last five games going into the playoffs after being nine and oh <laughs> that's awful and then what yeah well i had um i had the saints backbone so that kind of when they went off the boil that really didn't help and then connor got injured and was, but they all came back for the semi and final so that helped so yeah i'll be playing a few more leagues chris i don't know if he's going to do more or less next year but um we'll see what happens so we are in the and the real NFL playoffs, not not the fantasy playoffs right now. 
who who do you who do you guys like? Who what are your who are your final four? Who's your Super Bowl picks? This is for this is for everyone. So if no one else is going to go, I will. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got the Chiefs beating the Bears in the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl. Sorry. Yeah, I, I like the Bears to go all the way except the, to win it. Chiefs so, over the Bears. All right. I've uh, I've gone New England versus the Saints, and unfortunately, as a Tampa fan, I think the Saints are going to come out on top. <clears throat> yeah, I'll go. I'll go next. Um, for me, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. If you listen to the last few shows, you know that I. I love the Eagles making it now at this point because if they made it to the playoffs, why wouldn't they make it to the Super Bowl after last year? Uh, I'm just kidding on that one though. But I'm gonna go Saints, uh, Chargers. So I think the Chargers win it all. I think the Chargers, if they can get past Baltimore, which I think they can, I think they um, will get past anybody. I'm making a note of all of these. I want to see. Well, I, yeah. Well, I mean, I a think a little Phil friendly Phillip competition. Philip deserves a championship, I think, more than any player in the NFL. I think, depending on who my audience is, I may have different Super Bowl predictions. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for the for the sake of this conversation, you know, thank thank you guys for taking the time. I'm going to go with uh, Andrew Luck and the Colts over Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Wow! 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 That is out there. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's not going to happen because they're going to lose to the Cowboys tonight. So yeah, those both could lose today. Who the hell knows? I mean, these playoffs are these playoffs are really weird. I mean, I don't have one clear cut favorite. I'm excited to watch. No, this is a very interesting year. Yeah, there's any any like any single team could. could yeah, go. any of this, any of the twelve teams, I think, could win it. What well, about you, brother? Statistically, that could happen any year. That's so. correct. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> hey, hey, it's not. It's not you a rigged over there. <laughs> it is pure. It is pure math. But it's not. It's not a rigged system, guys. It's yeah, they have to physically go and play. You go back to the FA Cup, where sometimes these builders and bricklayers do end up beating the big boys. It does happen. It up could to, happen. It's why we love the playoffs, right? I'm. I'm gonna go completely crazy on this, and I'm gonna say my Cowboys. Make it to the Super Bowl. I don't oh, think they're going to win it. <laughs> I have to. I got to say it. I, uh, they're they're pretty pretty big underdog. I also put a bet on them to actually make it to the Super Bowl to get some get some good cheddar in return. But I think the Cowboys are going to play the Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs are actually going to take it. Oh, the Chiefs just have no defense. Yeah. They really don't. But they just have no oh, defense. Oh, oh, oh. Now you're the Patriots. Their D-line is phenomenal. They do have a very good defensive line. <laughs> yeah. It's but just the rest secondary. Of their is, is the <laughs> linebacking core. <laughs> they are basically the Buccaneers of yeah. the um, of the AFC when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. Where great four. Great, yeah. great front four. You go, yeah, yeah go on. I'll take those. <laughs> you have three guys with nine sacks each. And then, yeah, yeah just if you, know, if you get it over the D-line, that is it. <laughs> Plus, Derek Johnson still plays. So yeah, apparently, according, yeah. according to who is it, Stephen A. Smith? Stephen A. Yeah, Hunter yeah, Henry was awesome. guarded by Derek Johnson. That was yeah, one of, <laughs> one of his highlights. This, this Eric Berry. If Eric Berry comes back healthy, I think that could be uh, yeah, key that's factor true. there. Definitely a game changer. This has been an absolute ex- exciting episode. Uh, if you want to give our uh, give our listeners again where they can find you, your your website and whatnot, your handle so yeah we're five yard rush podcast you can find us on anchor itunes spotify podbean stitcher TuneIn, 
anywhere but SoundCloud. Um, website is not up and running yet. It's something, it's a project for the off season. Um, we're on Twitter at Five Yard Rush and the same handle for Instagram. We're very active on Twitter, so get in touch um, or, you know, just interact in any way. Find a way. We got an email, uh, fiveyardrush at gmail.com. Send us emails, requests, um, questions, anything like that. We're always uh, really happy to respond. So just get in touch and we'll, uh, we'll help you navigate through if you're playing uh, playoff fantasy or if you're just you know looking at draft next year we've got some awesome guests uh, we have marcus grant and bobby sylvester on and we're going to have uh, plenty more sort of award-winning guests uh, in january and february that we've got booked and we've come on on behalf of the five yard rush podcast and the fantasy fam podcast this is the fantasy fam signing off